0: Hi, it's The Wire. Happy Mother's Day. Let's talk boxing. Gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. More beer for us. A greater than four to one underdog, Dimitri Bevel, delivered um, rather than hit the pub. And trust me, I've celebrated (laughs) at pubs many times after a good night. Rather than hit the pub, today being Mother's Day, why don't we treat mom? Okay, Uh, make the day memorable. Take it from an OG, someone who's a little bit older. Make the day the kind of day where loved ones and you will remember for years. Let's talk about Dimitri Bivel. I have to complain a little bit. There needs to be some commentary here. First, let's frame it. Magical night, completely dominant performance, not reflected in the judges' scorecards, right? And it's an indictment on boxing, quite frankly. Let me point out, too, let me praise the announcing team on this fight. You know, Sergio Mora, in my opinion, right now in 2022, is really the best at commenting on a fight, right? Someone has forgotten to give him the memo. He hasn't gotten the script where he's supposed to fawn over favorites, right? Also, this fight's interesting because Mora engages in a conversation. With another part of the announcing team. And they're all good. But Moore is really on his game. And Moore's thesis, and you hear the truth here, right? Moore's thesis is that Canelo is looking for openings and that this fight is like the Caleb Plant fight, where Plant was moving, Plant had excellent defense, Canelo took a few rounds to figure out how to land punches on Plant. Understand, that's not how the fight was reported. Knockouts cause amnesia, right? And according to Mora, this fight was more like that fight than it was any other. In other words, Canelo was having a problem getting to Dmitry Bivol right? Beevil's movement was bothering Canelo as the movement bothered Canelo in the Caleb-Plant fight. If you're a hardcore boxing fan and you're really looking for analysis and you really want to know what's going on, please listen to Sergio Mora's commentary. Also, Chris Mannix. Right? There's a moment in the fight and it's Excellent, because you're watching it and it's a jaw-dropper. Right? People are with a crowd that's a solidly Canelo crowd. Canelo is loved. Understand, Marvin Hagler was never loved like this. Right? You've had many great fighters who were George Foreman, was never loved like this so you have a Canelo crowd it's Canelo in Vegas they're cheering Vegas and there is a jarring moment early in this fight where they go to Chris Mannix and Chris Mannix just flatly tells you that he has Dimitri Bevel ahead in the fight so it's an outrage It's something you should be viscerally upset about that somehow these three judges, and they praise Steve Weisfeld early in the telecast here, they say, oh, he's one of the best judges in the sport. It's judging malpractice that not one of these judges over the first Not two or three, but the first four rounds gave Dimitri Beevil, who's putting it on Canelo, a single round. I need for you to figure out the level of domination here. To win this fight, to deliver on the greater than four to one odds, Beeville had to take seven of the last eight rounds on the judges' scorecards, right? We know image matters in scoring, right? We understand that people show up and if the crowd is cheering, that might impact the judges. But just understand there is no way, none, that Canelo was pitching a shutout after four rounds. In the third round, I can tell you Sergio Mora, who wasn't fooled, just openly tells you that Canelo's face is getting red. Canelo, by the third round, had been hit with a bevy of bevel jabs. Let me also point out that they had another guy in the booth, Danny Jacobs. Now, Danny's a little bit newer to the announcing game, and he was there with a couple of masters. Right? Mora and Mannix, when they're on their A game, they're very good. Right? But Danny Jacobs in the third round. And Jacobs was more pro Canelo than the other two. Right? The other two are calling it as they see it. Jacobs, who fought Canelo, was a bit of a fan. You could tell that Jacobs was very impressed with Canelo. But Jacobs makes an observation that we're going to discuss later here. He talks about how Bevel, who has some of the best legs in the sport, Bevel is backing up with his hands up. You notice early that this fight is a defensive fight. Both guys have above-average defense, right? Bevo, of course, has his hands up in such a way where even Canelo's vaunted hooks to the body are caught on Bevo's forearms, right? But Bevo, and it's breathtaking, can keep his defensive construct Even in front of a slugger like Canelo, who has ring coverage. Both guys have ring coverage, right? They can hit you from far away. But Bevo, as he's backing up, is still brilliant defensively. Jacobs notices that, tells you about it in the third round. Once you figure it out, once you notice that the difference in this fight is mobility, is athleticism, that Bevel can take his show completely on the road. And that Bevel has lured Canelo into his fight, where Bevel has a decided advantage in terms of knowledge. Right? So let's just say this. Boxing was on the verge of embarrassing itself. Right? It's ludicrous. I understand judges love certain fighters. But the 0-4 Canelo lead is even more preposterous than the thesis I've been pushing here for years, which is that Canelo and Joshua Pacquiao Start fights with a two-round advantage. Understand, Bevo dominated this fight, should have won on the scorecards by three or four rounds, not by two rounds. Understand, the judges scored the fight in such a way that if Canelo had just won two rounds after the end of the fourth round, he would have gotten a draw. Now what I wanna do here is deviate a little bit and look at the big picture and talk about the areas in this fight where Beavil had a decided advantage, where where it is a mismatch. Understand too, this fight is one you wanna save. This fight is a masterpiece right Bevel, the superior athlete to Canelo right he's far more coordinated than Canelo on his back foot right that's a mismatch on his back foot right he has his defense intact he's moving back he can throw Right? He can be defensive. Canelo coming forward on his front foot against the guy who's backing up could not hang with him. Right? Understand too, you have some chess going on. Beville comes out and their moments of the first round where it looked like Canelo was too strong for him. Right? Canelo comes out, make no mistake, Canelo wanted to start fast. He starts fast. <clears throat> the problem is, <clears throat> in basketball terms, Canelo's half court. And he's facing the Showtime Lakers. Right, Canelo tries to start fast. You see him throwing punches. He punctuates the first round with an uppercut at the end of the round. Now, all of that said, as I was watching that first round, and I admit, I've watched other Bevo fights, right? The Joe Smith fight is a masterpiece, right? As you watch the first round, you realize it was going to be a long night for Canelo. Even though Canelo has fast hands, they're... Let's say he has to throw the quick punches in kind of like a one-two type thing. You notice in the first round that Beevil just fights faster than Canelo. That Beevil can just drop combinations with longer punch counts than Canelo. That Beevil was comfortable on his back foot as Canelo came forward that Canelo was spending more energy than Beevil, right? By the time you get to the third round, Beevil has set up a jab and it's a mobile jab, right? Canelo has an excellent jab too, couldn't land it. When you get to just a few rounds later, Danny Jacobs points out that Canelo is just throwing power shots. You understood that Canelo just could not hang with Beevil in a boxing match. Beevil's movement's too much, Beevil's hand speed is too much, Beevil mentally is just too advanced. Bevel is throwing long punches. I mentioned the guys have ring coverage. Understand, Bevel has an excellent hook. Mora keeps pointing out in this fight that Bevel has an excellent right hook to the body. Right? But Bevel doesn't throw it that much early. You actually notice Bevel is throwing punches like Tyson Fury in the rematch against Deontay Wilder that keeps him away from Canelo, you also notice that Beevil is playing a cat-and-mouse game where you're in the round, the crowd is going crazy, Beevil couldn't care less. Because understand, folks, Beevil has spent a lot of his career on the road. You need to look at fighters from certain countries, let's say Russia, for example, and you understand the big money <clears throat> is in... United States where Beevil fought Joe Smith right the big money's in the United Kingdom there's certain places in the world Dubai now is emerging that pay boxers big money so understand here is Beevil he's once again to quote Willie Nelson on the road again the fact that the crowd isn't in his corner The fact that he's facing arguably the most popular boxer in the sport does not phase him. He'll be on his back foot. He'll be throwing jabs. He'll be throwing straight hands. What he's not going to be doing is having this turn into a hook fest in the pocket against Canelo. So understand, there's a physical part of this superior athlete. Right? Mainstream press really can't mention it too much because it's almost insulting. This is a gambling site. You now know Bevel is a superior athlete to Canelo with an advanced game. It's a mobile game. Right, He's full court, not half court. He waits out parts of rounds. So Canelo comes out, oh, he's going to be big man on campus this round. He's on his front foot. He's throwing hooks. He's trying to get inside and throw an uppercut. Beevil's just backing up. You'll notice he's blocking the vast majority of the shots. Then when Canelo tires, Beevil would step forward, would start roughing him up with volume Canelo could not match with accuracy. Then you would find Canelo up on the ropes. This happens in several rounds where Canelo is up on the ropes, and Canelo is tired. Canelo's right eye starts to get puffed up. You understand that Canelo has no shot at catching Beevil when his back is up against the ropes. Then you start wondering, wow, given that Beevil has been on his back foot more than Canelo in this fight, why is it that Beevil doesn't get caught on the ropes? Not only that, there are a couple of times where Canelo does catch Beevil up on the ropes. Can't do anything with him. Right, Bevo's defense is that tight. So later in the fight, you get the exclamation point. Beevil starts coming forward on Canelo. Right, it's then the realization kicks in. Bevo has... A fabulous inside game it's fabulous but now he has a guy who's winded in front of him and we're in a portion of the fight we'll call it the Katie Taylor portion of the fight where great stamina and skill takes over so let's talk about just areas as you watch the fight just think of these areas as areas where the greater-than-four-to-one underdog had a decided advantage first you heard me mention it stamina folks Canelo looks tired his hair looks wet he's been sweating by the start of the seventh round you notice the guys are completely different, right? Bevo looks like it's the first round. Bevo has not only the better stamina, he has the better presence. Now think about how shocking that statement is. He's fighting Canelo, a fan favorite. But Canelo looks frustrated, right? Canelo looks like he's being overwhelmed. By contrast, Beevil's a poker player. He's a machine. All you know looking at Beevil is, he doesn't look frustrated. Folks, hate to say it, this is another day at the office for him. Right, This, this is the persona, this is the Larry Bird persona he's killing you with threes he's just decimating your team he's talking trash to you Bevo wasn't talking trash but you understood you know this guy in let's say on the road which is where Bevo was yesterday while he's destroying your team His facial expression is not going to change. As I mentioned earlier, the mobility of Bevel's defense, right? Bevel backs up with his hands up. As he's backing up on his back foot, he's still defensively blessed. Canelo on his back foot Not so much. Right? The back foot here, it's a mismatch. Also, the jab. Canelo has an excellent jab. But as you watch this fight, you realize that it's not the mobile jab that Beevil has. Understand how successful Beevil was with the jab. At the start of the 10th round, they tell you on the telecast. And understand the judges somehow gave all four of the first four rounds to Canelo. They tell you on the telecast at the start of the 10th that Beevil has landed 110 punches. Canelo, only 61. Not only that, they tell you on the telecast, and I have not confirm this with the punch stack numbers that Beevil had landed at least 10 punches in every round, and that Canelo had not landed 10 punches in any of the rounds. This is deep into the fight. Understand, too, the volume, Beevil, just his default game. Think of it like a computer program. In addition to the superior athleticism, Is throwing and landing far more volume. And he's doing it effortlessly. Right? Canelo's trying to throw home run shots. Can't find Beevil. Beevil keeps backing up. There's a natural cushion between the two. But Beevil's not running. He's close enough to be landing shots. Right? Beevil's a matador who's just moving around, throwing Canelo off. And Canelo, who can't get his feet right, is getting countered to death. Right? Canelo cannot match Beavis' volume. Right? The statement about the 110 punches landed to 61 is made at the start of the ninth round. Right, folks, Canelo, at the start of the ninth round, after eight rounds, in which the judges gave him the first four, had only landed 61 shots. Needless to say, with mobility, and fans of fighters like Ali, know this, Bevel has the better legs. Right, Canelo has never looked more plodding in any fight I've seen him. Right? Beevil just has very light feet. He can just lift his legs and move much better than Canelo. Right? The movement, again, there's a gap. Let me also say, too, Beevil's the more varied attack. You understand, Canelo's hoping to land a big hook on his front foot, right? Beevil is hitting Canelo with shots as he's backing up. Beevil's outside with a cushion that he's created between himself and Canelo. Beevil never has to look back, right? This is a guy who's a master on his back foot. Beevil can throw higher volume behind this cushion. Then you notice every round has at least two episodes where Beevil comes inside and dispenses a combination on Canelo. You add it all up, and folks, Canelo was dominated at the start of the 11th round. Right? You have two rounds to go. Chris Mannix tells you in a fight where the judges gave Canelo the first four rounds that he had to fight 97. 93 for Beevil right 97 to 93 four round gap with two rounds to go right the judges should have had a bigger margin than this but then you understand oh they showed up and this was a Canelo love fest for the first four rounds regardless of what was taking place in the ring as seen by Mora and Mannix right such is the advantage big favorites have popular favorites have in boxing right if you're going to beat a fighter the stature of canelo you're going to have to understand that you're starting from a deficit. We understand that Canelo's a great fighter, certain future Hall of Famer. Many people are going to love him. The crowd is going to be on his side early. We understand Bevo isn't exactly a household name in the United States. Right? We understand when Bevo fought Joe Smith, it wasn't at Madison Square Garden. It was... In the United States, I believe it was upstate New York or someplace like that. But we understood that Bevo who is the best light heavyweight on the planet, right? He's beaten Joe Smith already. Beevil, by the way, wants the winner of the Joe Smith-Arthur Perturbia fight. Right? We understand that it took a few rounds for people to get to know Beevil just feel fortunate that Beevil puts the exclamation point at the end of the sentence by winning seven of the last eight rounds. Right, Just understand, if you see a fight and there's a stretch of eight rounds and one guy beats the other guy seven of the eight rounds, which is what the judges tell you happened the last two-thirds of this fight, that's domination. right? Canelo... God bless him. I tip my hat to him. I wish more fighters were like him. Decided, as Terence Crawford has, that being undisputed in a weight class was not enough for him, right? Like the great ones, he wanted his destiny. He wanted to be undisputed. He said so in two weight classes. So he beat Kovalev, who had the belt. He then picked Dmitry Bivol. I believe in part because Bivol hasn't had a KO in some time, right? Going into this fight, something like Bivol's last seven fights went the distance. That was a big mistake. But let's talk about Bivol's biggest advantage. You know how when you listen to... To some really good jazz, right? John Coltrane's My Favorite Things, for example. Or when you listen to some really good hip hop, right? Jay Z, you'll notice that the artist goes in and out of the beat, right? There's a seamlessness. The artist can dance around the beat, they don't have to stay in the frames. Beevil's timing, folks, my goodness. This is some of the best timing I've ever seen in my life. Canelo just could not figure out the rhythm of the fight. Right? No, Beevil's not unorthodox, as everyone claims. He just has the rhythm to the point where he figured out the in-betweens in what Canelo was doing. He would see Canelo. I believe he was reading Canelo's feet because he was just too masterful with it. He knew when Canelo was throwing a punch before everyone else did. And Beavles, the kind of guy who would move out of the way of a Canelo punch, then would come back with a combination, then would move away. There's a moment in this fight where Beevil roughs up Canelo and Canelo's over by the ropes and motions to Beevil to come inside, right? Beevil does something George Foreman should have done in the rumble in the jungle. Beevil who's having his way. He's already shown you that he has won the round. Beevil doesn't come inside. Right? He's not caught up enough to decide he's going to slug with Canelo or that he cares about Canelo's machismo. Right now, this is a guy who can dodge Canelo's shots. In other words, Canelo has to plant. He needs an anchor to throw punches. And when Canelo planted, Beevil just rhythmically knew what Canelo was going to do, and knew exactly how to adjust, right? Bevo would take a step back. Canelo throws punches that don't quite reach Bevo. You can tell there are times where Canelo can't even throw the punch because Canelo bounces forward to throw a punch. Then Canelo realizes that what he was going to throw at has already moved, right? Bevo, the rhythm, and he's in his 30s. He's going to have this rhythm. For another few years right it's the rhythm that when coupled with his athleticism and movement make him one of the very best in boxing let me make another point too this is a new neighborhood I hope Canelo stays at light heavyweight right we were all getting excited about Canelo against Golovkin and make no mistake that would be a difficult fight, but Golovkin didn't look that good against the Revianchenko. He didn't look that good against Ryota Morata. Right? Golovkin now is something like forty years old. And of course a fight with Canelo would be at 168 where Golovkin has little experience. If you look at the light heavyweight division right now, you're gonna find out that it's loaded with interesting fighters right this would be like batman fighting regular criminals not to call anyone a criminal here we're just making an analogy and then suddenly he moves to a new neighborhood and there's the joker there's the riddler there is Catwoman. there is bane right suddenly he's with dangerous people who have game right, who are bringing things to the party that he might not be ready for. So focusing on the light heavyweight division, if you want to see a blessed puncher, let me name three names. Two guys with belts, Joe Smith, Arthur Berturbiev, Right? Do you think either of them is going to concede the pocket to Saul Alvarez? The answer is no and no. Let me name a third one. And this guy's interesting because you don't know which guy's going to show up. He lost to Kovalev. Curious fight. How do you fight Kovalev and not get out of the way of the jab? He fights... One of the best jabbers in the sport, King Lyndon Arthur. And, of course, he loses the first fight. He's out there getting hit with jabs. He tries to outbox Lyndon Arthur. In the Arthur rematch, Anthony Yard decides he's going to get into the pocket. Right, folks? I'm not sure if Yard fully knows what he's doing, but what I can tell you is few people can take his punches. He's a blessed puncher. He's a blessed athlete. Right? I think if Canelo fights any of those guys, it's going to be an absolute shootout. Let me point out, to King Arthur. Great jab. You saw Canelo getting marked up by Beevil's jab. Right? Now, Arthur can't move like Beevil. Who can't? Right? But King Arthur would certainly believe he could land his jab. And, of course, you want to talk about clever counters. Lyndon Arthur is some guy who is thinking from the opening bell. Right, Canelo would find himself in a chess match. Let me also point out, too, that if he wants to go one floor up to the cruiserweight division right because we're hearing Canelo wants to fight Usyk at 201 well at the cruiserweight division right now understand if Canelo faced Lawrence Ocoli, there's an open question on whether Canelo would even be able to touch Ocoli. because O'cole is 65 right at cruiser He's 6'5 with one of boxing's best jabs. And Akole hits hard. You slip the jab. He might have the kind of present you don't want to get on Christmas morning. Then you have the old man at Cruiserweight. Maris Bredis. Now, Breedis has one loss, and it's a razor-close loss, to Alexander Usyk. Right? If Canelo wants to fight an older fighter, just understand. If it's not Golovkin, if he wants to keep the weight I believe he has on between fights, he could go to Cruiser and fight Maris Breitas. I'm just telling you that would be boxing of the highest order. There'd be an open question on who would own the pocket. Right? To the back foot community, those of us who appreciate movement, right i was here i fully expected billy joe saunders to beat canelo right somewhere billy joe is kicking himself because he realizes that if he fought his fight and saunders is a southpaw who's mobile canelo may have folded up like he did here again he lost seven of the last eight rounds the Khaled plant fight, you heard Mora during this fight, talking about the problems Canelo was having with the Khaled Plant fight. Plant just doesn't have the right hand that Beevil has. Plant doesn't have the level of defense backing up that beevil did. Right? Understand, Beevil is like Ezra Charles. Plant starts getting planted on the ropes by Canelo. Right here, you notice Bevo makes sure he's not lodged on the ropes until later in the fight when Canelo's a bit diminished. And you notice Bevo's able to back up, keep a cushion going, win the slow rounds without backing up into the ropes. Right, so this was a fight that was in the making for some time. Canelo has become an incremental fighter who is coming forward incrementally, trying to lull you into his pace for the fight. Well, here he's fighting John Coltrane, right? Bevo basically is saying to him, the whole fight, player, we're not in a half-court game. If you're going to beat me, it's going to be full court. This is gonna be a faster pace. You're gonna have to deal with heavy volume. Your reputation is not gonna stop me from throwing punches. Whatever the judges are doing, I'm gonna land 110 punches by the start of the 10th round. Can you hang? The answer was no. Canelo's lucky this wasn't a 15-round fight. By the end of this fight, it was an avalanche. Even with these judges, Beaver wins seven of the last eight rounds. And you know in your heart, just listen to the commentary. You know in your heart, he was not shut out in the first four rounds. Right, folks? If you don't know about Beevil, I hope you do now. He's the best light heavyweight in the world. I'm looking forward to him facing the winner of the Joe Smith-Arthur Perturbia fight. Just understand, I thought the first Joe Smith fight was tremendous. Joe Smith is more aggressive than Canelo, has a big punch, right? A Beevil-Joe Smith rematch, my Goodness, bring your popcorn. If Beterbiev beats Smith, right? And I thought Beterbiev struggled against Marcus Brown, another underrated fighter in a loaded light heavyweight division. Right? Then you're going to be looking at the ultimate chess match because Beterbiev, much more aggressive than Canelo, right? Canelo's incrementally trying to get in the pocket. Canelo's, uh, Beterbiev is running up to you trying to create a pocket, right? It's as if you're wearing an ankle bracelet. The guy is after you. You understand he's coming to knock you out. Beterbiev, by the way, 100%. You heard me right, 100%. KO percentage, and this is a guy who's been champion. So just understand, we're here, we'll focus on great fighters who are popular, who are doing great things, and that's who Saul Alvarez is. But I need for you to figure out that boxing is a world sport. There's a lot of talent out there. The idea that a guy can just jump weight classes and it you know, regardless of his opponent's style, come in, dominate opponent after opponent, and unify the title. That's Hollywood, folks. That's not boxing. Styles make fights. Canelo against a high-level mover who understands, I'm going to throw this jab, win the slow rounds, in real life, perhaps not on the judges' scorecards early in the fight, then I'm going to tire this guy out with volume. While I'm on my back foot, I'm going to land something like 30 to 40% more punches than my opponent. While I'm moving, as this guy tries to tie me and throw hooks to my body, I'm going to have them blocked while keeping my guard up. Think about it. So I don't get countered up top. Canelo's left hook, I'm going to have. Watch the film. I'm going to have my right hand planted on the side of my face. Let's all try to figure out how Beevil gets the volume he gets while having his right hand, and he's a righty. On the side of his face for prolonged periods in this fight. Right, folks? Canelo was outthought. Canelo was outfought. Canelo was beaten by a wider margin than 115, 113. In the comment section of this video, give us your scorecards. Give us your takes on the fight. If you feel I've overlooked the dynamic in this fight, share your thoughts. Right, let's talk about this one. Right. What people should also realize is that sometimes the casino has it wrong. Alexander right? Usyk, believe it or not, was a big underdog against Anthony Joshua. Right here, Saul Alvarez was going off at such ridiculous odds that I'm just telling you, I didn't even get the four to one. I was the person who saw, I think it was like a plus 350 or something when this fight was first announced. And I said, man, I'll never get these odds again. Then of course, after I made the bet, the odds kept increasing. And I just thought, wow, who does the public think Dimitri Bivol is? Now they know he's the best light heavyweight champion in the world, folks. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.